Hello and welcome to Indie Apocalypse Radio, your number one zone this week. Hanging out at a nice brisk 2 p.m. for myself, but at 7 p.m. for people, you know, in the middle of the country as or in the middle of the world as the maps were designed to be Eurocentric with the big old fat Europe in the middle. I am here with my first guest, Glory the Animator, who you may know from issue two of Indiepocalypse with her game Wandering. Hello, Glory. Yes. How you doing? I am... I'm good, and I, I, I forgot to make an announcement that it's, it's live, so I, I need to go to my server and notify everybody. Okay, well, I will pad for time while you do that, and just let me know when you are ready. Oh, it's only gonna take, like, three seconds. I just have to tag everyone and yell, like, we live! <laughs> Perfect, I can easily cover it for three seconds. Oh, <laughs> in fact, you may have already done it in the time it took to explain it to me. Exactly. Perfect. So, uh, um, are, are, we, are, are we supposed to have questions? Um, we did not receive... It is very hit or miss whether we receive any questions. Sometimes I've re received, like, 12. This time we had received zero but oh what that's horrible no Zero that's questions that's actually i would say um a very standard number of questions that we receive and it has nothing to do with last week would we would say i would say that we had in terms of i don't know conventional level of fame a stacked show which also receives zero questions so don't take it personally but we do have a question I, I from a guest from my last episode and it is if you could go back in time and give you give a younger version of yourself a game from the future what game would you give i would go yeah like do we all answer like, oh no it's just this glory of the segment's all yours Oh yeah, great! All about me. Yes, this is this is your hour. This is your half hour. Perfect. So, um, I would I I would go to eighteen eighty because the fashion was so goddamn good those days. And l let's just say they have consoles those days. Okay, so so in this or fictional eighteen eighteen world, and they have consoles. Yeah, like what? like steampunk. We have computers, consoles, right? Um, I I would I would give myself Unreal Engine, so I can make games. Cause I I don't enjoy making games as much. I mean, playing games because like they're they're gonna get boring after a while. You know, no no matter how many hours you put into a game, you will eventually get bored of it. You know, like after a few. Yeah. Years or something. Maybe even a, a few weeks. So why not just create more games that you can play afterwards and plus maybe make some profit. So you're here thinking in the future, like you're planning, like I'm just going to make my own games instead of... Yeah. <laughs> that, that's kind of always been my strategy. It's like all these games suck. I'm going to make my own. Well, perfect. Now, if you were to give a game to your younger self... Like all the all without using the games that exist now, what game would you give to your younger self? Uh, probably Heroes of Might and Magic Three. Okay. 
I'm is that uh, still when they were like, game? I don't I know Heroes of Might and Magic as like a concept that exists. But I did not It is it is like what uh, this this great medieval strategy game where you like have units and you fight and you conquer castles and it's like it's so detailed in its delicate gameplay and in its art it's like it still lives up amazingly to this day even though it came out in like the 90s or, or something oh is that one of those styles of game where you like there's a map and when units like meet and fight on the map it goes into like a grid and you have like yeah, a bunch yeah of... like you have to move them and like there's turns so like your enemy makes a turn they can like invade your castle and stuff yeah and it's, then it's, there's it's like a great co-op game too there's like turn-based like battles like went like within the battle itself. Yeah, yeah. Okay, turn yes. Turn-based games are goddamn amazing. I feel like there were there were the, there's a series of games recently. I say recently, but it's not very recent at this point. That was like that I've, style I've of RPG. I've actually seen like an absolute ripoff of this in on Google Play, which is just like almost point and click game like almost a clicker and it like it it basically traced the assets from the original oh geez. it was it was so horrible and and there was like another copy from like a different publisher but the only thing that's different is like one asset yeah there is uh, i think there is like a if you go looking for it i think there's a surprising number of just like straight rip-offs on phone stores they're just like but, but like to be honest when you think about it here is a might and magic 3 would work great on mobile if you just port it and modify the ui a bit like it it would be perfectly doable yeah i mean they're, yeah they're, i guess it's gonna be up to me to to make that game on mobile reinvent right yeah yeah <laughs> so if somebody has to i mean i know and, and who, who else is gonna do it if nobody's gonna do it right and, that seems like Somebody a lot. Has to be the responsibility. <laughs> no, that that seems like a lot of work. Um, that is to say, it, it will probably be a shitload of work. So right. I'll, I'll just delay that to like five years in the future. Right, right. To or make a very, very tiny condensed version of it. Yeah, probably. But because that that game deserves a lot of tribute and a lot of respect because it is a masterpiece. Yes, I I think it was like, what they called what's it called King's Bounty? That sounds like the name of a video game. Some I think that that's the name of the Google Play ripoff, probably. Oh. To that concept of yes. Yeah, to that concept of like heroes and might and magic because I had never played i didn't have a lot of pc games growing up well uh, so i i've only, i only had pc i never really had consoles or tried them all i have is an xbox controller <laughs> and just yeah um but I, actually there's some interesting history to heroes of might and magic 3 you can tell that it, it's like the third sequel to it right but um, the the company, I think um, the developers were like New World Gaming, as the name, something like that. I'm not sure if it's correct. But they they basically they made this huge game, and when they published it, they went bankrupt. 
like literally bankrupt even though the game the game was like one of the biggest things ever it especially took off well in eastern europe for some reason but uh yeah it it went bankrupt <laughs> and they sold the the copyrights of everything to ubisoft or activision right. i don't remember and and the, the, there's like a seven sequel somewhere but they're all garbage yes I mean, I... there is some nice improvements i can see what they tried to do it's cool but they also did a lot of unimprovements you know right right well because they just like were looking at like this thing that was already made and you're like oh well what do we do it we didn't make any of it they're trying to like reverse engineer the yeah. design and we have yeah, here they, they just didn't get it right we we have here some late breaking questions if you're ready and the first one here from i'll start with this single question from anonymous which is what would you say is the best way to get started creating a, a game? Well, um, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend... Well, I'm not really sure what I recommend. This is a hard question with many things, but... To start your first game, you should have some general experience on how to make things work and make them look good like yeah. i i i was an artist for six years or something and i still am so this gave me a lot of advantage in, in the visuals the graphics of the game and that's why wandering right. was so beautiful and everybody loved it yeah because so, like <laughs> Im imagine if if wandering was like roblox or like minecraft just like blocks with ugly yeah. textures but to be honest minecraft looks pretty okay right yeah but yeah. yeah like imagine if it was like really ugly yes i've the seen it does, doesn't save it no i've seen a lot of ugly textures trust me <laughs> in my in my day yeah. as a as do, curating the zine so yes um, like clean I, I, I think being a ui designer is also really amazing like Without being a good UI designer, it is hard to make a more complex game. Like I'm, I'm really struggling with my seal game right now with the UI. Right. And how to implement it with the mechanics. Yeah, because like so, yeah. you so, don't want. So artistic knowledge is an amazing thing to start, and then after you kind of know what you're doing and what looks good, then you can start learning programming. You don't and want. I highly recommend Unreal Engine. Do you know why? I because do it has visual coding, so you don't have to write and make typos on your keyboard, and it's just so easy to see how things work. Yes, Unreal yes. Engine is a powerful tool. Yeah, visual coding is like a a very like a necessity for like getting people into like coding and programming. Like, um, I I know you I know you can do um much more with like traditional code like C plus or C sharp, but it's just it's too hard right and most of the time you, you you can just make the things you want with blueprints um the yeah. unreal engine coding language unless you're trying to do something like really 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 innovative or like weird or unique you know right or something that the the blueprint just cannot handle but then you and have you to can also just hire a freelancer to right code it. Right, because to do that, you have to be that person who has that three years of experience doing programming. Yeah. Or that six years, rather. And, and also, also, your your first game should never be a big deal. Right. Like, 
your first game, you're not you're not gonna know anything about coding. Like wandering has bad bad things. I I mean it's, <laughs> right. it's good. The but game it... is good, but it's not exactly how I imagined it. Right. Because I was like learning coding with it. It was my little practice. I'm like, okay, how do I do the basics? Like, okay, le le let's see what happens if I do it. Yeah, it's like, oh, wait, I just lost you. I think your microphone may have come undone. Oh, no. We're Wi Fi problems, folks. Hello. <laughs> um, well, so. I'm here in the meantime, and I'm just going to chat, and I was talking about, okay, so what do we say here? All right, use different parts of the brain, visual programming, yes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. visual programming does help make the difference, so what do I do by myself while I perform a monologue slowly as we build time and try to figure out whether or not I can fill this time and what I need to fill it with, but also not fill it with something that's so like dense that I have to, I can't just immediately stop it in the middle of it so instead what if we just like hang out for a little and I don't know talk to I don't want well, let me look at let me look at the chat interesting oh you know what? I can answer these questions what's a good way to start? oh no I am so sorry oh no, you're back hello it was not the internet the the microphone turned off because it's wireless and I need to find the cable. Oh, okay. But it's fine. I'll just use my laptop's mic. Okay, perfect. For like a moment. That's fine. It's, it sounded like a microphone pop, like it was like a microphone turning off. Yeah, I, I, I like I didn't notice because I didn't look at the light. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. Oh. I I, I knew I should have plugged it in, but I forgot. Don't worry. So, I mean, this just, is this just like count to three. I'll get the cable. Okay, one, two, three. Okay, I okay. plugged in the okay, cable. Perfect. Let's let it charge a bit. Okay. Yeah, your your laptop it has like some ambient sound, but it sounds mostly fine for right now. Yeah, that that's probably like the the fan, the the spinny things inside of it. Yeah. You know, computers yeah, I, like to spin. It might be surprisingly like these these mic these brand name microphones are not bad in terms of noise canceling because I'm right next to my computer fans and as far as I tell it, yeah, the like the mic is somewhere inside the laptop, <laughs> and there's spinny things in the laptop. <laughs> but so but also Discord has its own noise suppression. Yeah. But on to so, our next um, question. There was a question. Yes, we have another question for you. From my mini Gemini, okay. and that is, which game oh, would you? Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> Perfect. Which game would you take first place on your list? A minimalistic game with a great storyline. Ah, uh, first place. With a, an amazing look but a light story, or a great original features but minimalistic look and storyline. Well, uh, there's only one game. That is forever my favorite and ever, forever, ever the best game of all time that every single person should buy and just invest into that developer. Okay. It is called Hades. Oh, okay. Yes, I, I'm familiar by, with that game. 
by Epic Giant Games. Super Giant. Is that the the developer? Yes, yeah, Super Giant Games. Yes. It's see, I I I I love that game so much because I love action games. I love single player action games. I love beat 'em ups where you just smash buttons and you feel good and it's just it's easy to play. But it can also be hard if you don't turn on the easy mode. By the way, I never played it on normal mode. I, I turned on God mode instantly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whatever. I, I like easy I and fun, okay? I don't like to suffer. Listen, I'm not the game police here to so, tell you how to play um, video first games. First of all, that game is absolutely amazing with storytelling and dialogues and voice acting and art is oh my god <laughs> art so good yes i forgot english sorry no that's um, fine but the the thing i like it the most is how it kind of continues the greek mythology and in a way modernize it respectfully because yeah. like um before I learned about that game, I was like a bit into Greek mythology because that stuff is really cool. Yeah. But when I played that game, it like it expanded the whole universe so much, you know, like it, it made it so much more believable. Right. It and it's just like they, they have they got everything right. Sure, they, they might have added some extra stuff like in the mythology, Zagreus never really existed, but <laughs> He was mentioned as um, Lord Dionysus, the god of wine. Yeah. So, like, wh why not just put him in the game as son of Hades? Because yeah. nobody really knows what happened after Hades and Persephone married. And plus, they like. That, that's like. That's the mythology. These old mythologies. So they just, just, like, continued the story. Yeah. They're just stories built on top of each other as they exist anyway, you know? Yeah, they, they basically used the pre existing mythology and, like, kind of progressed it, you know? And and in in a way, this this kind of opens up a question. Sure, this game is not made by Greeks. Yeah. But the the religion is now dead. That's why right. it's turned into mythology. Sure, there's a group of people that is like trying to revive this religion and like trying to practice it, but they're not really a big deal. But like, see, because the religion the religion is now kind of revived. How about we like kind of implement this this story and like progress it you know how about we continue yeah. making stories about those gods because that's how the religion started it started for entertainment right and like for, i mean for the most part like aside from like little bits and pieces here and there like it was <laughs> when was yeah. like the last bit of greek mythology published you know a long time ago yeah like <laughs> probably like a hundred eight Wait, wait, A.D.? No. B.C. Yes, B.C. Yes. Probably like 100 B.C. So, you know, just a couple more ago. after Jesus, kind of, most religions died. Yeah, he kind of, they kind of <laughs> kind of took, took the place of a lot of stuff. Yes, it is. Kinda. It's quite sad. There were so many cool things in all the ancient religions. Yeah, and then... That are now considered mythologies. Right, because someone came along and said, no, 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 there's like one answer, and it's this guy. Up here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really I, I really don't don't really enjoy those um religions where there's only one god and like that's it. That that's all you get. Yeah. You just get one god and if he gets angry you're gonna cry and suffer. Like that's just mean. Yeah, it seems like like from like a storytelling aspect, 
when you think about it. It's like a, like a flattening of the ideas to like, well, not all of these things could exist. How would we know about all these different gods and like on their different like tribulations and their different interpersonal relationships? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it make more sense for there to be one? It's like someone came up and like cleaned up all the stories <laughs> of it all. Like this I is too messy. So. You have too many characters. But but the one of the other reasons why there were so so many gods in Greek mythology was that they were kind of like a substitute for science. Yeah. In a way, because like the the whole story of Hades and Persephone is basically a scientific substitute. Well, why we have winter and summer? Like they kind of explained it in a fairy tale form. Right. And then probably. A few hundred, few hundreds years later, they found out how it really works. And the, the Earth tilts. Right, and the, the sun, yeah, is, hits at yeah. different angles, and it, it does this the spinny, just like a graphics card. Yes, it is the very unexciting aspect of just well, no, this thing we're on spins, and the sun makes it <laughs> <Yeah>. hot <laughs> or doesn't. Yeah, yeah, but. The, the universe is a weird place. Yeah, it's, and it turns out a lot less... There's a lot less exciting than you think it is. It's just very plain, and there's not very much interpersonal drama that's... We don't have snow and hail because different gods are getting angry at each other or something. Yeah. Or there's petty contests. It's just because sometimes the snow gets colder and wetter, and then it turns to ice. Indeed. The first scientists were probably pretty crazy people. <laughs> well, yeah, there's just, just like a slow, slow roll of just like things being renamed from philosophies yeah. to alchemy to science. Did, 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 did you know that like we, we, we only really started to get the hang of viruses and bacteria in like 1920s? That's like only a hundred years ago. That That's nothing. Right. <laughs> Like, yeah. That's that's insane. Yeah, well think about like yeah, I think there's like so many so yeah, just like not having like sewage and there's a lot of just like simple things that we have now that we take for granted that people did not have for a very mm. long time. It it is it is so great how like we have so much urbanization going on these days though um I understand that, like, environmentalists are, like, against urbanization, and there are very valid reasons, but at the same time, cities kind of became their own biodome, you know? Like, like think about it. Without, without wild, stray cats, we would have a bunch of rats, right? Right. So because we have cats, we don't have rats. Like, like New York has a big issue with rats because there aren't as much cats, but, like, here in Eastern Europe, I've never seen a wild rat. Like, never, because there's just so many cats everywhere. Yeah, I imagine, without doing any of the yeah. research, that that's and, like... And <laughs> pigeons, pigeons are amazing. People should stop hating on them. They clean they clean up all our trash that we throw out. Like, you know, right. you, let's say you order the hamburger from McDonald's, so you're like, wow, this tastes so bad. Why did I do this decision? <laughs> so just throw it out. Pigeons are going to eat it. It's it's not going to stink. It's not going to decompose. Right. It's we not going to rot. Cause we have all these animal animals. Right. The pigeons clean up the trash, and the, the rats clean up the trash, and the cats clean up the rats, and it all works yeah, like out. Pi- pigeons aren't so bad. They're 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 really cute too, I think. 
Yeah. Of course, they, they shit on statues, but that's like, well, Rain can clean it up, I guess. Right. <laughs> where, where are they supposed to go? It's not like we've made little bathrooms for them. <laughs> oh, it would be so cute to have little pigeon bathrooms. Just like on like on ledges, just so yeah. they know. Though, though, unfortunately, birds are not the kind of animal that, that care very much where they do the, their business. No, no, because... They're not like, like cats. Yes, who are very, who are uh, mostly very particular about it. But sometimes they clearly do not care. And you find it like in the middle of a hallway. Or maybe you've upset them. Yeah. And that's why but, they decided to do it. But I am, I'm still grateful for pigeons being in the cities because without pigeons, our cities would stink with rotten meats and decomposing vegetables and fruit. Right. And that would be very disgusting. Yeah, that was, yes. I, as someone who does not have pigeons in my house, you know, when food goes bad, it's kind of like keep the trash <laughs> lid closed. Yeah. Because nobody's going it's, to clean it's, it. It's dangerous. Right. I am very guilty of, of, of leaving things in the fridge for several months. Yes, I... And uh, don't, don't do that. If, if you know it's going to go worse, then just, just do it before it gets worse. Yeah, there's, there's nothing more... Gloria, have you ever been digging through a pantry and found, like... Of thing of food, you go. Wow, this label is like three brands. <laughs> like this label design is Thank, three brands. Thankfully, ago. I I don't because um, it's it's a weird situation. But it's just like I we I don't really have a pantry. Oh, okay. Like and we we don't really store food here for that long. Oh okay. There's mostly dry stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I. I'm just like, you know, me, is that, now is that just like a personal decision or more like a countrywide, like this is how we store food and I am just, have no perspective well, of it. I'm, I'm not really sure how other people do it, but yeah. my, my family just, just has like uh, four fridges. Oh, okay. I, I kid you not, no. my, my grandma is insane. <laughs> about preserving things yeah well i guess you get like nice for it's not it's, it's a little nicer than just having like cans of stuff you know yeah because like it's 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 good because i think every person if if they own an apartment or a house should definitely have like some some decent storage of food because like imagine if we had like actual big lockdowns where people couldn't go out for a month half of the people would probably starve but um, in families like mine, like, well, you, you just you have a bunch of rice, a bunch of noodles, you hungry, just boil it, yeah. you know? Like, not going to buy food is not a big issue. There's always, like, frozen meats and veggies. Yeah. So, it's fine. It's... Freezers are the best thing humanity ever invented. <laughs> right, you, you just... Yeah, people used to have to worry about food, and now you just throw it in a box, and it stays good for... Uh, we we actually invented fridges somewhere in the late Victorian era, but before that, people were using dry ice, which is frozen carbon dioxide, yeah. to, like, 
you know, stored their food, and like some even were using regular ice, but like getting ice was very expensive because you couldn't just take a bunch of water and cool it down. You had right. to like ship it from a wintry place. And yeah, <laughs> you can imagine the costs of doing that. Yeah, just there are people who are, you know, I go and I create ice, I go and I hunt ice down. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm an ice hunter. Hi, I I go to the to the Viking land and I chop some ice and put it on a ship and give it to people. Yes, and I bring it back and then you put yeah, it. Yeah, but but like the the worst thing you you can't really like preserve ice because it, it's gonna melt. Right. Like it's gonna. Yeah, because if go you, above zero, that's it. It's gonna start melting. Right, because what preserves ice? Ice preserves ice. What do you keep ice in a freezer? Exactly. If, you, if you don't have freezers, how do you keep ice cold? That's the only thing that does. Right. And if ice is your freezer, it's kind of like give it more ice, colder ice. It's all, yeah. You're just putting your ice chest yeah, and just thank, like... Thank goodness we invented fridges and yeah. the late Victorian and Edwardian times and the whole 19th century was great. Yes, it's very. It I'm. I'm very grateful that I. Nineteenth and twentieth century are my favorite eras. There might have been some issues, sure, but there's always some issues somewhere. We have social, political, yeah, whatever. We have issues here in 2021. You know, plenty of them. Yeah. It's very. Very unfortunate. Yes. But that's why people need to just like deal with them now and realize that you know there is there wasn't a better time and it's not like things are always going to you know be bad unless you work on them. Humanity must always strive to improve the world for everybody, not just the individual. Right. You know, we we should always try to get humanity better off because like imagine if like. Africa and South Africa was like really rich and they had lots of technology how much scientific progress we could get just right. because those people had access to like universities and stuff they they they, they could become scientists we, we would have much more amazing things being created all the time right there's not enough scientists in the world and I don't got time to become one I might <laughs> have a microscope but bioscience is useless and right. dead well, I'm sorry, microbiology. Yes, that, uh, that niche is useless. A, microso a microscope does not make, a, you know, does not a scientist make, you know? It's just a microscope. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I would definitely say, you know, handing out, just take, take, take all the money from the wealthy people and just give it to everybody else. We got enough money for everybody. Just give it to everyone else. If, I will. Raise everyone's like, you know... There, there's a lot of reasons why that would and wouldn't work. Sure. It's just like, see, having such drastical changes will always cause a chain effect. Right. So we always have to take things slowly with implementing new laws yeah, and everything, which is very just, unfortunate. Because this breeds time. laziness. One at a time. Now, Gloria, um, as we head out, um, I got to ask you, if, if the world... what When do you think the world is going to reach our beautiful utopia state? What year are you thinking? Um, can you repeat the question? What year do you think the world will reach a utopia? Um, prop, well, it's never gonna be a true utopia because new things might create new issues. But yes. I think we're gonna be like really, really good 
in like 2060, maybe, hopefully. All right. <laughs> maybe 2100. I mean, yeah, yeah. And with that, I got to say thank you, Gloria, for being here. I'll see you again later at the group chat at the end. But for now... All right, um, I'll, I'll join. For now, I'll mute myself. For now, we're going to break. Thank you. Hopefully, get that microphone charged. All right. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. I'm here with our second guest, Julie, who you may know from issue eight of Indie Apocalypse with It's a Beautiful Day, or that animation that just played at the very be- right before this segment, or the much longer animation that played at the beginning of the show. Hey, Julie, how are you doing? Hi, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, but of course, I mean, of course... The so the last one that was like for I forget what it was called some like you know forty eight hour animation day or something to that effect mm-hmm. right yeah seventy two seventy two hours okay yes. it was like three days and the first one f- so was for like a larger yeah that know. was a project I worked on like at the end for the second half of twenty nineteen. And then when I, you know, when I finished it after being for six months alone in my apartment, I was like, oh, yes, finally, <laughs> I'm going to do things. And then, well, you know what happened. <laughs> right, right. Yes. <laughs> you might say, well, I, I spent all this. You might, one might also spend like, ah, I spent a month collaborating, coordinating 10 artists for this scene. <laughs> I cannot wait to go out into the world and share it with everybody. And then and the world then, was like, yeah. no, thank you. I feel you. <laughs> I was planning yeah. on going out and seeing the world. But the world was <laughs> not ready to see me. Yeah, I was I was planning on going to festivals with the first movie. Like I applied to different things and then most of them got cancelled or just, you know, um went online. Right. But usually you can usually if if you're lucky enough to get selected then you can you can go and actually meet people <laughs> right which is like yeah. the point i think of festivals <laughs> yeah it's 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 the fun part of making the movie because then you get to go to the festivals but i didn't get to go to the festivals yeah i uh, have you done you any know, there like, was problems in life have you done any like digital online events or festivals or anything like that yeah I've done a few like uh, watch parties, which were pretty fun okay. with uh, just the, the 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 public and like an audience, and then the chat. We could chat in between the shorts yeah. that we would watch at the same time, and then a few Q and A sessions. But you know, it's just it's not the same. No, yes, no. That is why I started this show to kind of get somewhere towards those like convention time hangouts. You know. Yeah, I miss that. Yeah, 2020 was also going to be like the, my my big convention year. Yes, <laughs> I started in the summer in the summer of 2019, and like I I had like um, roughed up the the edges. Like I was like, okay, I'm starting yeah. to get this thing figured out. And 2020 is going to be the convention year. Right, you have and, got and, yeah, <laughs> you've got so much to show, so much like this is like your breakout year. And then 2022 yeah. maybe. 
I hope so, but I'm, you know, I'm not, yeah, not that hopeful. And also, I'm gonna have to make like a bunch of new stuff because the the things I drew in 2019, I'm probably not gonna like them as much in 2022. Oh, well, <laughs> yes, I mean, that's just the nature of art, though. I I hate the yeah, things true. the minute after I make them. <laughs> and but like, I had so so many, you know, I, I have like big boxes of of comics yeah. <laughs> that I just didn't get to share. Right. Uh, that's frustrating. That's frustrating. No, I loved like going to like small comic shows. The few, the few independent comic shows that I have around here is like, but I think, you know, yeah. the U S and France to my outsider's perspective have very different comics cultures. Yeah, probably. Like I, I, I mostly know the, the anime convention side of it. And then yeah. also the very experimental, like very uh, artsy scene and they're pretty different and they don't really merge okay and yeah i've been i've been longing for something in the middle yeah i I was yeah 2020 was also going to be the year that i would organize such a convention and then it didn't happen (laughs) yes no that is (laughs) that is like that is my own problem with comics when i see like when I want to read about or listen to people talk about comics, there is always like, no, I only like superhero comics or no, I only like mm. manga or I only like, like independence. Like no one is like crossing these boundaries and like, no, I also like both of these things. And it's weird. Yeah. yeah it's know. not easy, but also you don't, you don't want to, how, how do I say that? Like sometimes if you walk into something and, and that you did not expect and you're going to, you're going to, I don't know. I think it's easier to organize for a niche kind of, yeah. and you can kind of, you kind of know what the people are going to expect and then you give them that. And then doing something in the middle is always a bit tricky, but right. I don't know. It would, it would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, all I know is that whenever I get books that were originally translated, originally French, they're usually huge. Size, like. <laughs> yeah we do like big like big graphic novels kind of stuff that's yeah. we we do we do like that but there's also a, a more like classic format that i guess for the u.s probably isn't classic but it's like uh, a4 46 pages like you know uh asterisk <laughs> that's the right. kind of yes. thing i read when i was a kid and that's the more classic format yeah i am i am familiar i like i am loosely familiar with asterisk though it's not french <laughs> i was it last year? See now, my now <laughs> quarantine is thrown up my year. It was last year. The year before was the year I finally read Moomin. So like, oh, Moomin, yeah, getting vaguely familiar with more European comics that aren't just like you know Mobius. <laughs> oh well, Mobius is a good is a good reference to have. But yeah. yeah, we have we have a lot of we have a lot of these classic ones, and even in even in the classic format, you still get a lot of different styles and stories and yeah you can you can really get a lot of different stuff but then i also love the the zine community because yeah i come back and nothing is the same size (laughs) (laughs) this uh, i really like yeah i have yeah i have a like a milk crate or i guess it's taking like it's a you know it's a filing box i don't know if i don't wait does europe have milk crates (laughs) um I, I think I see what you mean when you say that, but I don't yeah. think we have those. Okay. Yeah, it's like a box with a lot of holes in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I see. Uh, yeah. I just Googled that. And yeah, uh, I, I, we wouldn't call it that, but yeah, 
Yeah, we have the, we have we do have those. Okay, yeah, I have that. It's, that's all my mini comics and zines. I just have them in file folders and something like that because <laughs> they all come in like fifteen different. Like, oh, I printed mine. Mine is super long. Mine's super thin. Mine is a million different <laughs> sizes because that's just what you know. Size you made the art, and that's your the beauty of yeah. zine making is you can just make them however you I want. Just, uh, that's that's the best part about it. Nobody is your boss. <laughs> yeah, but then it's true that on on my on my bookshelves the zine shelf is a bit is a bit messier than the oh, other yeah. somewhat. <laughs> That's why I got that filing. I am so I am yeah. very particular about my bookshelf. My bookshelf is by it goes by size, by publisher, and then oh. by title. But it looks really wow. cool because you know uh, you have matching you have matching spines, and it gets bigger as it goes on. So it's not like awkwardly up and down and. It took a long time when I decided I wanted to do that. <laughs> I, oh. The the latest organization thing I changed about about my bookshelf is that I have a a or maybe several to read shelves. Okay. <laughs> is that uh, I can I started that so that uh, I I didn't I don't have to go through the whole bookshelf to to choose something to read like I know what I'm supposed to read and it's in the in those shelves. Yeah. I am very particular about where I don't I don't put anything on my shelf until I've read it. So if it's oh, okay. So if it starts to pile up, I'm like, I gotta clean up this pile. I just <laughs> have to read them. Yeah, I have this problem where like I, I don't know if you've ever seen like this tweet going around which says, um, buying books and reading books are two very different hobbies, actually. <laughs> yes. And I kind of I'm kind of guilty of that, but yeah. Well, they're they're nice to own. They're ba- it's like they're like a lot of times they have good art and like lining up the spines. Is, listen, books are nice to own. Yeah, right? yeah, they're my my favorite object probably. Just love love a good book. And especially if it's like a book that has art in it, you can just like a comic or an art book. You can just like anytime you get it, you can just like flip it open, and like look through it, and it's there. Yeah. And even like you were talking about the Moomins, yeah. I got some nice editions. Like I think they're pretty new. With like they're so they're so cute. Just the, the covers are so nice, and they just look so good on the shelf. And inside, I know it's just filled with with these wonderful stories. And yeah. it's just 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 like it's an object that's full of emotions. I just right. love that. Yeah, and yeah, I. I cannot deal with my movement. It is like the one, like I think it was like drawn and quarterly put it out. It's like huge. Oh yeah, yeah. The I know those, this one. There's like massive tomes, which I I really like those because I like big, thick hardcover books. But also, it's not very practical for just like. Oh, this up. one. Yeah, this. I think I know the one. This one is very, very big. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more of the the stories like that are maybe a bit more for kids. Yes. The the novels. Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah. I think that's like the cl- the collection of all of her like dailies or weeklies or whatever. Mm. Yeah, from uh, from when they were published in the in the paper. Yes, I believe that's like that complete collection of that. Mm. But speaking of something completely unrelated, Julie. Um, <laughs> okay. I, qu- I have a go. question for you from our previous episodes, our previous episodes guest, and that is, what I, I trying to remember if this one I told you it's just which website that you checked regularly back when you were younger when websites were more of a thing what's a website that you checked regularly back when you were younger when websites were more of a um, thing? 
Well, that would be like the, the first one I can really remember was Neopets. Okay, that's... I would spend an, an enormous amount of time there <laughs> on the forums and and the games and just whatever things we would do on there. I don't I don't remember that much. No, yeah, but yeah, I... it was. What happened? Oh, that was me. I kicked my microphone a little. <laughs> I have a sensitive yeah, wire. So yeah. Yeah, I have. That was like, that was the first place I hung out on the internet. I we, weirdly, I was thinking you were going to say Neopets because that's one of the first things that <laughs> I thought of. Because I feel like it's very much like of a certain age. That was a thing you could spend a lot, a lot of time. Yeah. All and I, the website was so so filled, you know, with little like. I think it spoke to my. I love exploration games, yeah. like it, just just walking around and finding out stuff. And the website has had that kind of feel to it that you could just find some secrets part of it that yeah. wouldn't be just as, as as known or as advertised. And you could just yeah, there were secrets everywhere. Right. I feel I like that. I feel like there was like some pages that you'd only get to if you knew the exact address. Yeah, also, yeah. And it's like, as a kid, it was a world of wonder. As an adult, I'm sure if I was playing it as an adult, I'd be, I would go <laughs> to like, you know, I would know how to find well, everything and power game it. Right. Right now, I think, you know, it's it's kind of in jeopardy because of the, the flash thing. I think it's oh, going to, yes. most of it is going to disappear. That's yeah. too bad. But yeah, I, only I have remember, fond memories. I I only have remembers, memories of like a game where you go down like a highway or something and avoid things maybe or you're flying um, yeah I remember one with like a, a kind of race with fairies okay that might have been it I'm just trying to remember like what, yeah. were, the, what were the highest neo tokens to that I was good at the kind of game that I would play the most <laughs> yeah I remember the ones that were like very some that were very uh, weird to me were the kind of Add games. There was one for like uh, uh I want to say, what's that for Seven Up? I think. Okay. And it was some something that we that it's a drink that we just don't. I think we we might have it now, but back when I was a teenager, yeah, it's not something you would find in you would have found in France. And I was just so puzzled by the whole thing, <laughs> and <laughs> I just didn't understand it because I didn't understand how you know how ads work right, but right yeah it was just, just such a just such a weird experience it's, it's especially i i realized being french and the website being made i guess more for us yeah us people that would be it like, was translated but <laughs> right that'd be me like if i was locked on a neopets and i was playing a game where i have to like now you have to collect 30 jaffa cakes i'm like what's a, what's a jaffa cake <laughs> what's that <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and we don't call in French. You know what we call Jaffa cakes? They're called pims, and yes. they're like my my, fav, my favorite my favorite uh, biscuit. I don't yeah. know snack. Yeah, we don't even like in the U.S. As far as I know, we we don't even have like a a because I just recently ate my first Jaffa cake because I was like, oh, oh. The, the local supermarket has like an English section now. <laughs> and like I remember people making I remember watching English television and then referencing Jaffa cakes. What are these things? Did you like them? They're fine. I mean like oh. they're like oh, you, you you're breaking my heart. <laughs> they're, they're like Oreos or something, you know. I feel no. like I don't, I, don't oh. have, I feel like I don't have like the childhood like, you know, 
Yeah, okay. yeah, I get it. I get it. Programming in my brain to like love these weird pillowy jelly snacks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just a chocolate and orange and yeah. the soft, the soft biscuits. Hmm. I guess I Such didn't. Such a good. Yeah, <laughs> I had no, I had no, con- <laughs> I didn't know what I was expecting with them to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was imagining to be more like digestibles or like uh, what are those other crackers that are like the, the hard crackers? I can't think of. Uh, I forget the yeah, name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know because we we have some of them right. in France that are market, marketed as like this oh very English tea thing, but then I guess it's just marketing and they might be called something different in right. the actual UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like how? Yeah, that, or like ginger snaps or whatever, or something like that. It's good. I like ginger snaps. Yeah, I, I don't I haven't had one in a very long time, but I remember eating them a lot when I was younger. What, what's 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 a favorite like U.S. snack of yours? You mentioned Oreos. Well, we a friend and I were just talking a lot about Oreos like two days ago, and <laughs> him buying a sleeve of Oreos and eating them all. But like, I yeah, I've been. What is like I'm trying to. Th- now I'm putting. I'm trying, let me see if I can think of what a uniquely American snack is. <laughs> huh. Let me see. Um, do you have? I'm trying to. No. What is it? We're such a Americans are such filthy cultural exporters. I feel like we've already forced so much stuff on everyone else. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> that, I, that I don't know what is like a distinctly American. Do other countries other countries have sh- like shaved ice? Right. Ah, uh, not that much. Okay, not, maybe I think not in the, not in the same form. I think we have one that is a, a bit different. Okay, because maybe maybe that maybe that uh, like I th- I think I maybe disc- I was like trying to think that something that I don't think is everywhere and like you can get like shaved ice or shaved ice derivatives at like every gro- like gas station you know around here. Ah, well, that, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's that common here. In in summer, I think you can get some, but it's more like a, more like a slushy. Right. I think. Okay. We have it's like more liquid. Yeah. yeah, shaved ice. I like that. Oh, you know what? I wonder if uh, that's. I from... <laughs> I'm realizing now that it's also called Italian ice. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> no. Well, in what we call Italian ice in yeah. France would be very very creamy. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's very... It is a little creepier, maybe, but I don't know if that's just the way I eat it by mashing it into a paste before I... And then, like, drinking it. (laughs) So, in my mind, it's creepy. Okay. Oh, I just Googled that. And, yeah, it it does look a bit more like what we would call shaved ice. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Everything is so weird. Like, I think the Italians would be like, what what the fuck is even that? Right. None of this is Italian. (laughs) Julie, what is a French fry (laughs) to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we don't call them French fries. If anything, it's like we would say it's more of a Belgian thing, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it just yeah, it's just a way of of how languages work. You just kind of just. You're gonna you're gonna push that onto your neighbors, like, oh, that's not, yeah, no, that's not me. It's just oh, like it's the, yeah, it's the English, yeah, it's the Belgians, the Italians. Right. <laughs> there's, I wish I could remember this. There's there is a word that I love that I believe it's a French word. It's a French word that's a loan word, but it means like borrowed words. It's, oh, I have to look um, up during the break. 
Because you like you know how there's yeah. like loan words that we just take full cloth and like just use them as the words themselves, and then there's like um, other words that are like I, we kind of reinterpret them. I can't remember. I'll look it up later in not in the middle of our discussion. But anyway, it's a very good <laughs> word. I like it because it's okay. Like, well, just yeah. Tell me what it is because right now I can't. Yeah, I don't know what it could be. And I mean, you may not have the context for it. It may just be like you know not you why would you need the word for that in english because you're in france (laughs) why would you need that you don't have like it's not a loan word for you for you it's just a word you know yeah yeah true true but it you know it's it's interesting like having to navigate the internet in english basically most of the time and yeah the whole language thing and even even like trying to trying to infer some like everything i think what is really hard is to know what kind of level of insult a curse word is because oh, in yes. french i kind of, i kind of know and in english i don't know sometimes i don't know if i'm super vulgar or if i'm just using old timey things that people would laugh at me for yes. i think it's really it's really hard to navigate no yeah i it, I had a, a very particularly bizarre experience in like high school with that, like just in America with someone using a very, a very outdated like slur. And it was a weird combination of people like laughing at the person because it was outdated, but also be like telling the gym teacher like, yeah, hey, he just, he just said this and that's messed up and he cannot say that. <laughs> but also what a clown he's using a word like he's from the 1860s or something. Nobody says that anymore. And it was a bizarre, yeah, slang bizarre is a, Slang is, is weird. Yeah, yeah, no. it's. I often, like, wonder sometimes, like, I think, well, I think of it a lot when I think of humor, and I think that's why it's trickiest for humor to cross cultures, mm. especially humor that's, like, baked in terms of, like, cultural re- acknowledgement and, like, irony. Like, it's hard to tell when a different culture is being ironic or sarcastic. Hmm, yeah. As easily. Yeah, the the cultural thing is hard too because I I realized um that I have I have a lot of weird like general knowledge stuff that is purely US centered that there's like there's no use of me knowing that ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm thankful that, you know, that my brain isn't like a hard drive. I know it's like kind of infinite. Yeah. But if it wasn't, I would be kind of bummed out <laughs> that I have so much useless stuff I know from Twitter that right. I was, I'm just never going to use that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, how many how many U.S. states does someone who does not live in the United States really need to know, you know? Yeah, it's true. And but uh, ever since you know, there's there was like a, a Friends episode where they're doing the thing, and Ross can find the the fiftieth or the fifty second. I don't know. Is there fifty fifty states, right? Yeah, Not 52. there's fifty states. Uh, fifty. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, I should, I should, I should do it. And then I realized I probably know more U.S. states than the regions from France. It's uh, yeah, kind of messed up. <laughs> when people need, when people submit like to their um, like as their like profile pages for the website, I have to look up like they included this thing. Is this a city? Is this a province? Is this a region? Like, 
do I break this down? Like, cause I separate <laughs> in the U S it's easy. I go, yes, this, I said, I do United States and I break it down by States in Canada. I go, yeah, I know Canada has provinces cause I'm very close to it. But then I'm like, France, does France have provinces? Surely it must. Every country must have it. It just makes organizing things easier. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we kind of, we have, we have them, but we, we wouldn't, since it's they're very small, yeah. and because France is small, and right. so you wouldn't include them on a on a like a letter. You wouldn't include them on a letter, or if you say I'm from such city, you wouldn't. Yeah, there's no two cities that's named the same in France because it's so small. So right. you don't have to say Paris, Texas, because it's Paris. There's only right. one. Yes, <laughs> whereas the United States, we have not only a Paris, Texas. I think you have like a Paris, Missouri, and a Paris. <laughs> For the audience, yeah, it's I would just ask... too too big to have unique city names. Yeah. No, I yeah, I think I mean one of the, like the 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 jokes of the the joke of the Simpsons is that how many Springfields are in the in the United States, uh. and that's why it's impossible to know where it is. Oh, to the <laughs> to the to the to the chat out there, if you have not seen the film Paris, Texas, I'd highly recommend it. It's a very good movie. Um, unrelated. I just like that. That's my first <laughs> instinct of when I hear Paris, Texas. Um, but I found that word. The word is calc. Oh. I, oh, how do you s- C-A-L-Q-U-E? Yeah, so I'm probably saying it wrong. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I, I, I understood. Okay. But so, so, what, so what does it... So, so it means it means a borrowed word. So, so calc is a, it's a word borrowed from another language by, it's like a literal word for word translation, but calc itself is a loan word from French. Like it's just a French word that we use. Yeah. Yeah. And in French, it doesn't mean that. Right. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a loan word. It's a non-literal loan word used to describe literal yeah. word to word translation, like borrowed phrases. Uh, that's, that's funny. I think yeah. what, what we, what we use as a, I, I guess, I guess what we use for that is a, a faux ami, like a fake friend, like words that look the same and actually they mean something very differently. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, calc means it's more like it's the it's the paper, it's like tracing paper. Right. Calc. Which 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 makes sense for so what it, it, it is. Makes, it, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but it's also yeah. It's, or it's like a layer, or just a layer in Photoshop is a calc. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we. It still makes sense. So, you really got to ask as we are approaching the end of our little segment here. How many Photoshop layers do you usually like to have? Oh. Uh, what, what, uh, what's your philosophy? I, cre- I create a lot, and I and I don't name them. <laughs> oh, perfect. So I have I have a lot of them, and they're all named layers seventy two, layer seventy three. Well, when you. I'm trying to be. When you're working. It takes a lot of more time to name every layer. Yeah, but uh, but you should because you never know when. Like every time someone's like, "Oh, I could help you with that," and I'm like, "Oh, well, yeah, okay, sure. Just don't look at the layers." <laughs> it's like yeah, bringing someone into your messy apartment, and you're afraid that people are gonna be, "Oh, right. but you live like this." <laughs> <laughs> no, I know where the I I do know where the remote is. You just go I know to- where everything is. It's just my organization, okay? Yes. Listen, you know, no, no, no. You're looking under the wrong sock pile. You, that's, you want to go to the other <laughs> sock pile. That's the one that has a remote. Uh, yeah. So I do. I use a lot. 
I don't have a number for Perfect. you, but I use a lot. Perfect. No, I mean, I'm similar. I Why would I need to name them when I can just collect a little eyeball to find out which one I need to use? Yeah, exactly. And then you would click through the 72 layers to find that it was on the first one. Yeah, I just kind of got to... <laughs> eventually, my heart, I'll know which layer it is. And that'll be a problem. But um, Julia, it's great to talk to you. I will see you back in... Likewise. Like, in like, you know, an hour or so. Um, go on a break now. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. We are here with our third ghost, Rachel Beerton, who you may know from IndieHive.com, or if you were tuned in live, what was probably like four months ago, or like a mo- over a month ago at this point, this very show, but if you're listening to the podcast version, maybe you are not aware of her because it broke and you, um, your, a lot of your segment got lost, which was unfortunate. Welcome back, Rachel. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me back. That is, that was, that was a rough night. And since that night, I have started to, um, I fully shut down my computer before every show and turn it back on to make sure there's no like, because when I shut down my computer that night, it was like it took a long time where I had to just like shut it off with the main power. So something was like hanging in the background or memory leaks or computer things, you know. Uh, but we're it's not what you want. No, no, don't <laughs> want. It was eventful. Yeah, that was. I think we. I think it was like a crash, like every other. Like every five minutes, it was a it was a mess of a night. But we are past that. That's behind us. I've only it's only broken one other time last week, but we should be fine. And even then, I was able to correct it pretty quickly. But how are you doing? That's really yeah, I'm pretty good, thank you. Uh, weird. And yourself? I am doing great. You're like you are in being my third guest. You are. You know, you get me when I'm at my my punchiest. My I'm fully in the conversation mood. I am just having a good time. And I have to ask you this question from a previous guest. And it is, well, I'm going to give you two questions. Or no, you know, I'll save this last question for the group. But here's this, because we had four guests last week. Sometimes we have a jam-packed show. Um, or sometimes we have a shorter show. I think you were on a show with only had two guests. But... What's the earliest contribution you made to a website, fan site, guides, forums, etc.? Oh my, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I first tried making a website when I was like eight using front page or something ridiculous. Oh, um, no. <laughs> well, that's, like the theme of the other our last episode of the show was also we need to bring back websites and people having websites. Instead of everyone having to use like Instagram or something, you know? Yeah, that would be ideal. I'm getting, uh, I recently bit the bullet and got myself an Instagram account because I didn't have one, but I make various types of art, so it seemed appropriate. Yeah, that's, I... I'm still trying to get my head around the image sizes and it's a pain. Yeah, I um, I have Instagram. I still regularly ask contributors if they have Instagram handles as well, but you can't post it from your computer without doing a lot of extra work. So I'm like, uh, you just need to change it to like 
turn on developer mode yeah. and switch it to a mobile device. That's to me. That's too much extra work. As someone, <laughs> as someone who has like occasionally like dug straight into the like open that developer mode and dug into the code to find the source of like an image so I could just download the image from a website when they don't want you to save as. You can do that if you dig into that code long enough. You'll eventually find the root and you can pull up that image address. But something about that I was like, oh, this this sucks. I don't want to do this. But I really should. I really should. Instagram, I have to be more, you know, better at social media and advertising the zine, as it were. But speaking of websites, um, what was that website you were making as an eight-year-old? Do you remember? I honestly can't. Oh. I know there was a lot of green on it. Okay, so it was just like... (laughs) It might not have been a themed website. It might have just been I'm making a website. It was probably just going to have all of my crap on it. I used to write things and make pretend little magazines and crazy drawings. <laughs> it's probably just going to be a big old pile of junk with a green background. Right. It's <laughs> just like find a way to click upload <laughs> images. Upload images? Oh. <laughs> first computer we had had a one gigabyte hard drive well the images could only have been like a couple of kilobytes yeah they had to be had to ask permission to save something on paint (laughs) (laughs) but speaking of speaking of websites you have another website which we talked about earlier (laughs) in our previous show but a little Yes, IndieHive. What is IndieHive? Just a small website where we do indie game reviews, the odd developer interview, some editorials. Um, just a quite heavy focus on indie games, the occasional retro or AAA, but indie for the most part. Right. No. Yeah. Gloria I've... actually started writing for us as well. Yes, we have. Probably a couple of months ago now, but we met through indie apocalypse stuff. So that's what I'm. Thank I'm you try- for that. <laughs> well, thank you. That's part of what I'm trying to do with this thing is, you know, just make a little weird epicenter for people to connect, and then just like hang out and talk and meet each other without having to like go to shows or how do how do how do people with how do a bunch of people with like you know who none of them who are famous find other people who are none of who are famous you know it's complicated and i'm hoping to help with the little ways i can being the middleman but the the wanted middleman yeah and i and that's what i prefer to be yes exactly i prefer to be a middleman not like a top man a focus man i want to be a facilitator that slinks away and is equal to all in the apocalypse here is a great equalizer, I like to believe. Uh, just sort of bridging gaps between people who pr- probably wouldn't connect otherwise. That's the hope. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of well, works. I'd say so. I mean, if it works for one or two people, that is enough for me, and I enjoy doing it. But yeah. that's... Going back to glory, if you want to hear more of her thoughts on Hades. She she did actually write a review on Indie Hive about that particular game. So 
Yes, I saw that. Was that like her first contribution? It was, yes. Yes, I remember seeing that either. It might have even been in the Discord, IndiePockets.com slash Discord. People talking there maybe once a week or so. <laughs> it's something like where, you know, I'm supposed to be a brand who initiates conversations, but I don't want I don't want to do that. I'm very busy. I spent all of last, all of yesterday, like sending emails. Better to have a few messages that are worth looking at than yeah, big old server full of spam. Right. Instead of you going, hey everyone, what do you think about this latest movie that came out? Comment below. (sighs) (sighs) I don't have time for that. That's just. I don't even recommend things to friends, but that's more of a case of my personality, and I don't I always feel uncomfortable recommending things to people because I like the I don't like giving them the pressure of trying to like the things I like, you know. I feel more comfortable recommending stuff if I know the person right. that I'm recommending to. Have a better idea of whether or not they're going to enjoy it rather than just whether or not I did. Yeah, that's my own. That's my own tricky, like, feelings about, like, just, I guess, like, gen, like, critic, like, critic reviews in general. It's like, if I don't know the person, I don't know their taste, it has to be, like, very well written for me to, like, to understand that, because I'm just, like, I'm very particular, and I'm also very, like, I'll just go to the source. I'll just find it myself. I mean, I, I, when I'm writing my reviews, it's obviously an opinion. It's, yeah, yeah. It's my opinion, but I try and be somewhat objective and sort of think more about what the developer was trying to do with the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's like a tricky thing, but it's also I think very satisfying when you learn when you when you once you like find and understand like a critic's voice and their opinions. Cause they're like a lot more like bleeds through and like you understand a lot of like I guess what is unwritten in their text, like the assumed taste. Mm. Makes I think sense. I think it's interesting. <laughs> To find a critic sort of resonates with your own point of view, right? Or one that's the exact opposite it. of you. <laughs> yeah, but trustworthy, right? It's yeah. Clear. Or occasionally, but you know, luckily there's always a critic there for you to, to. Someone will always be out there to agree with your opinions. So when you want to get angry and have someone agree with you, <laughs> fortunately. Well, whether it's a game or a film, there's always going to be people that love it and hate it. Yeah. Speaking of of loving or hating things, Rachel, what are your opinions? What's your opinion on Jaffa cakes? Jaffa cakes are good. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm not so keen on all the new flavors they keep bringing out as limited right. editions. I always pick them up and think, "Ooh, that's new," and then they're disappointing because they're not the originals. So, so maybe Oreos are by Jaffa Cakes because they're doing that a lot with Oreos too. Maybe Oreos are American Jaffa Cakes. Are Oreos a thing in Europe? We have them, but they're like... They're an American biscuit. Okay, yes. That's, that's what I thought. So maybe, yeah, because I feel like I see like green tea and coffee and double chocolate and just like... A million oh, Jaffa cakes are definitely a cake. There was like an actual legal thing here. Yeah, but I, they have to decide whether or not it was a biscuit or a cake <laughs> because biscuits aren't taxed as oh, much as cake. Okay, 
I wonder if that's why there's that whole Subway thing a while back about how Subways or sandwiches are legally cakes or something. It's exactly the same. Yeah, that was in Ireland. It's exactly the same thing. There's there's too much sugar in their bread for it to technically class as bread, at least according to whatever definitions we're using. Right. So they had they had to charge. Well, they have to pay more tax on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because not... it's not bread; it's <laughs> no. a sugary food. Right now, I've yeah, I've definitely had like convention subway sandwiches, which is usually when I would eat a subway sandwich because it's very cheap for a big thing of food. And those are definitely like spongy and bread adjacent. It's just the sugar content. Yeah. I guess I guess that makes sense. Like I, like in terms of like the taxation, because if you just read articles, you're like, oh, I, they're so weird over there. Why are they doing that? What's the difference? I suppose if there's actually, if I, you know, dare to bother to read Twitter clickbait, I would know already. I'm sure, but I would never catch me dead before you catch me clicking on a trending topic to learn more about it. Defiance. Yeah, I I don't need these algorithms telling me what I need to read. Rachel, what do you know about Freddy and the Dreamers? <laughs> are they How aware how aware are you still of them? How aware is England still of Freddy and the Dreamers? I am not aware of Freddy and the Dreamers. Poor Freddy. I <laughs> I became a comic artist mentioned him and I became mildly obsessed with him because it's like time is a flat circle it just like reminds me of TikTok and people just making up stupid dances to get famous see see, um, I don't know who that is and I don't use TikTok or read comics well, well so, <laughs> I'm a tad lost if I'm going to be on well, TikTok is, um, remember Vine? Yeah. It's oh, like, I know what it is. I've just never I, I, used it. I don't use it. It's more of I, I see it occasionally. Yeah. I tend to scroll past. <laughs> <laughs> the, kids, the kids are funny, though. I like, you know, it helps me remind me that the kids are funny. Um, but They certainly t- can be. TikTok aside... Freddie and the Dreamers aside, they were like, I think there was like Beatles adjacent English pop rock music, you know. Although it sounded like that era, maybe a bit later, the Freddie and the Dreamers. <laughs> it's for that is uh, for people who are here live during the breaks, you get to witness. You should witness and learn while you're at home. Next time we go on break, spend some time practicing the Freddie as is d- demonstrated for you. Bring it to TikTok. I guarantee you, be the next latest craze. It's very easy to learn. But uh, Freddie and the Dreamers aside, we have other things to talk about. Like I guess um, video games are a thing. I think, right? I've heard of them before. Yeah. Sounds vaguely familiar. Do you play much tip pre-COVID? I suppose, or maybe. I mean, I also play a lot during the pandemic over Discord. But did you have? Did we talk about tabletop games the last time you were here? I don't remember. Yeah, it's not. Um, 
not really my cup of tea just because I'm a bit shy or right. introverted. So yes. Just, uh, I did have a go at a little sort of murder mystery style one shot. Okay. Once. But yeah, I was I was a little timid. Right. Yes, it's very Rather easy. In, or just enjoyed everyone else's <laughs> contributions. Yeah, I I can see it's, it's very easy. Like even when you're not like in character to be like still you have to put a lot out there especially if people are being very big and in character yeah I felt a bit out of my depths of some sort of going full on role playing stayed in character the whole time accents a lot like <laughs> it's me having my first first ever game yeah it is, it is there yes there are definitely people who are big and can be a lot if you are not like do not have a big personality to match it. And not so say it wasn't entertaining. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Not not participating doesn't mean you can't have a good time. You just got to have a front row seat to a small bit of dinner theater. <laughs> yeah, you all play. I'll sit in the corner with the snacks. That yeah. sounds good. Speaking of snacks, I forgot to ask this. What's the grossest flavor of Jaffa cake you've had? <laughs> of these new experimental flavors? None of them were horrible. Like, oh, I've okay. had lemon and lime, pineapple, like raspberry. I think there was a cranberry one around Christmas. None of them are horrible, but they're just not as good as... You sort of get excited because it's a new flavor, and then yeah. actually just to me, preferred the originals. Right. So this... Just a disappointment more than anything. Okay. So they, they don't go too wild where they like are veering away from non-fruits. No. I haven't seen like Marmite flavored Jaffa cakes or anything yet. Okay. No like chocolate or like green tea Jaffa cakes. Not here. Okay. Well, I can't imagine where else they would have them. But who knows? Things are weird. I, like, like, I feel like you and I had different Cadbury's for a very long time. That we both had the the brand, mm. but different product. Yeah, even like different recipes for the same thing. I remember people getting upset or happy or something when Cadbury merged or went down or something. I don't remember. Not having the context for candy. There used to be a Cadbury production place not too far from where I live. Oh, you get like this. Is, it, is now is that like a, the smell of chocolate kind of thing or no not for a decade or so oh okay you used to be able to get the sort of broken chocolate and stuff oh oh <laughs> like biscuits like they had they had like a secondhand store at the factory just kind of like here's our runoffs yeah it was mainly workers and stuff that got it but yeah had a few bags over a few years yeah, that's... Perks. You can still get them if you go to the, the big one in Birmingham. It's like a Cadbury Centre. Right. It's got, got a ride in there and everything. It's, it's it's designed to have people go in and look around. and. What a, what a... So as a child, how wondrous of an experience it is to get like a bag of just chocolates, assorted chocolate and snacks. used to like getting a bag of revels those are like the, all, they're all mixed up 
and in theory you can't tell what they are but you, you kind of can because of the shapes now rebels those are like um what's the word i'm looking for they're like they're like little malt ball things oh that's maltesers okay that, that would yes that you do get a malteser in in a bag of rebels and there's like coffee creams and orange cream oh so it's like plain a... chocolate buns chocolate okay, raisins so it's like a pub mix but candy yeah okay yes yeah. perfect i am expanding my cultural horizons here on the gmt shows i said in my american culture you know just snack-based culture that's I mean. <laughs> that's the only culture that matters to me is food the different foods people eat i'm infinitely fascinated by like different like staples of foods because it's kind of just like the the mundane is so exotic to some extent you know i found a drink somewhere recently it was like a bottle of fizzy from japan and it just said on the side fun marble drink oh yeah i couldn't work out what it was until i actually opened it and you have to push a glass marble into the bottle to open it and then it like catches halfway down and rattles around just like i found it's quite novel but um i couldn't yeah, quite yeah, understand yeah. the point of putting a glass ball yeah I, in a drink. I, <laughs> I have seen those we also have those around here like as like your novelty japanese foods but I've never had one because I don't want to. What if the person at the store sees me buying one? They think I'm a nerd or something, you know? One of those <laughs> Japanese culture nerds. They probably just nerd. think you're thirsty. Yeah, but then why wouldn't I get like a Arizona iced tea? They're like 99 cents for a huge can. Instead of buying the Japanese drink like a freaking nerd. Probably go home and watch anime. What a. So that I, thought crossed my mind when I was buying. No, I I think too much about what the people think I'm doing when I am buying <laughs> food at stores or anything at stores, really. It's a hang-up of my own. I did get a few funny looks when I was shopping for my mum for Christmas and I just kept making random stops at the same shop to uh, buy as many of the same packet of crisps as they had on the shelf at the time. So like go in and buy 15 packs of the same crisps and was then go like, back two days later. Was it like a limited flavor and you just we were stocking up? I was saving enough to I bought her a gift and I wanted to put it in a much bigger box and just fill all the excess space with her favorite crisps. Oh, okay. As <laughs> <laughs> so, you do. Right, you're right. Chris, Chris they, vegan. Anyone, <laughs> Nature's only packing. Shop that sold them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got eaten. There was much less waste than like, a bunch of polystyrene or something. Yeah, no, I hate those little packing peanuts. Like, I got one that was shipped to me where they were, like, dissolvable, and then now I get frustrated that not, that most of them are not dissolvable. And I just have this big pile of just, like, styrofoam. And I was like, what am I doing with this now? I'd much, much rather be able to eat it. Dissolvable stuff, though. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's like, oh, it's biodegradable, and that kind of, like, oh, no, I had an important question, but I lost it. No, <laughs> it slipped from my brain. I don't remember. England. 
Chris. Oh, no. This was a, a story I had. I was, so I was, for a while, I had worked at a pharmacy. And at, at one point, there was like employee appreciation day. And no, this was like a small one that had like five employees. And it was like, but, you know, you get like, thir- like oh, you get 50% off if you buy at the store this day. And I remember that there were two girls who came in with their things who clearly did not work at the store because there were five people and we knew them all. And they had purchased with their like 50% off employee discount um, personal massagers, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like <laughs> they had traveled at least a t- uh, like one town over to use your employee discount, but not in their own store because then, <laughs> then they would know. And I think about that ingenuity and the dedication to that a lot, and I respect it. Don't but, buy uh, personal massages in front of your colleagues. Help yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> but you listen, I want to use that 50% off discount, but I don't want any of my coworkers knowing. So if I go a couple towns over, nobody will know. I will buy it on the spot. Yeah. I could buy it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I'm like, what time are we at? We are at two hours. This time does fly by, Rachel. I never know how it goes by so quickly, but it does. My God. Um, so we're approaching the end of our segment here, and it's glad to have you back. As glad to be back. Thank you. Especially after <laughs> what I did not realize was such an unfortunate... <laughs> You were being unfortunately excised from the last show. That's right. Just give me some practice. It's fine. And I'm glad. And I'm glad to say, no crashes. You are 100 percent within, unless I just arbitrarily cut your segment out of cruelty. <laughs> you are. You are in this Gosh. in this show permanently in the archives, not just like <laughs> the begin your beginning and end portions. But I'm not gonna listen to these back. That's like how much more work is that? But um, anyway, what flavor crisps were they? Beef. Perfect. And with that, we're going to go to break. Thank <laughs> you, Rachel. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. We are in the final segment where everybody is here, and we're all just hanging out and having a good time. Hello, everyone. Hi. 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 So. Hello. <laughs> hello. Um, I alluded to it earlier. If you were teased in the last segment of a group quite of a question, I was like, I'll just save this for the group. And is the final question of our oh incidentally retrospective questions. And then I'll also check to see if we might have more questions submitted as well. But it is, what is a habit that you have had since a kid that hasn't changed much at all? It's a very good one. I have to think about it so so you guys answer. Okay. Yeah, I also have to think about it. Mm. I think a, a bad habit that I have that is that I've worked to my in my interest. I would say is that I kind of I kind of do things like 
kind of half-ass things. I'm just just gonna do whatever I'm asked to as quickly as I can, and right. so that it's uh, just the lazy enough. syndrome. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm so lazy, <laughs> but then <laughs> I like then it. made it work in my favor. Like at work, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apply to a job saying like, oh, I'm the best, and I'm gonna make you the best thing. I'm I'm just gonna say, you know, I'm always on time. And I'm gonna do it like exactly good enough, like exactly how good is enough really you important. need. Yeah. So yeah, bad habits can kind of turn into something like a strength. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen. I would be such a good artist if I had more patience. But it already takes me around a week to make like a model and a render. So I'm just like, nah. <laughs> Though I, I have learned to have more patience. Like ba back in the day, I was like pushing out renders every 24 hours because I was just like recycling a base mesh and now I'm like trying to do more, you know? So yeah, practicing detail and adding more and polishing is a good good way to beat that. So, so, not really a bad habit, but I don't know, I've oh, always had the habit of sort of flitting between of different. Habit. different uh, hobbies not that i'll like dump one when i move on i just find new stuff yeah and just keep doing more different things and never getting particularly great at any one of them <laughs> i suppose now that i think about mine is my aforementioned i do this with italian ice and ice cream and most frozen snacks is i'd mash them up into a paste and drink them <laughs> and i've always done that for some reason it's just milkshake in a bowl right i just turn everything into soft serve I think one of the bad habits I might have is um, chewing on things when I focus, which causes me to sometimes eat my own hair or literally like the skin off my fingers. Like my, my hands are so dry right now. I have pain in my fingers because I like, I just, I, I just, the skin's gone. Yeah, yeah. I... Once, once as a kid, I I had it like really bad, where like my my fingers were literally red, like I couldn't touch anything. It was scary. But hey, I gotta focus somehow, you know. Yeah, no, I had. I, for a long time, I bit my nails, and for some reason, somebody said. So I'm like, oh, you get, like, ringworms or some kind of thing. And I did research the idea at all, but I heard that idea and then I just stopped. Like, somehow, someone saying that one thing, it's like, stopped years and years and years of that habit. And now I just wait and I clip the nail clippers. The way I've managed to stop biting my nails was to get expensive manicures. And now oh, yes. I've completely stopped. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you don't want to just chew on hundreds um, of dollars. You you got expensive manicure. Well, I I stopped my nail biting by literally putting like five layers of nail polish until yeah. when every time I bit it, it was like soft because there's so much layers it hasn't dried completely, <laughs> and I was like, oh, disgusting acetone. But. No, Get something I you really hate the taste of. I'm gonna reconnect. Okay. Oh. That's fine. Um, what do we got here for questions? Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba, cause we, let me, I think we have more coming in. 
by the moment. Hot off the presses. Uh, my mini Gemini, do you take history as a truth we should know about? Our ancestor is it always changes and history holds no truth being politically. Uh, I don't understand that question fully. Um, <laughs> holds no yeah, truth you, you being politically affected. I guess. Down. I'm not sure what that means. Well, see, history is an odd thing because, like, we don't exactly know what happened unless it was documented at the moment of the event like like right. our, our history before news and paper writing existed is really bad like the only info we can really get is like from you know ancient tablets and some we can't even read like we can't read most of ancient Sumerian tablets so we'll never know if they really had gods that came from another planet or not because we can't read that and that's sad. Even the stuff we can read, it's it's still somebody's interpretation of an event or whatever. You never yeah, know like, exactly like, how things were. What if they got the whole language wrong? Yeah, and then the interpretation—you have the first layer of interpretation of whoever wrote it, and then yeah. the second layer of interpretation of whoever reads it now and tries to translate it and infer what it means. And also, there there's probably like a big societal difference, like like society. 3,000 or 5,000 years ago was completely different. They had different virtues, different ideals, different systems. So, like, maybe that uh, something we do now might look wrong to them or something that they did back in the day might look wrong to us. And, like, uh, it's also strange in that a lot of our history is, like, slices of people's lives. Imagine, (laughs) Imagine if, like, all... We had like it's the equivalent of like someone's asking what was 2005 about, and all we have from the year 2005 is like a teenager's live journal account, and that's all. Of our, <laughs> that's all of our, our awareness of 2005. Neopets. Right, exactly. <laughs> we have, society was teenage angst and memes. That's... We have the Neopets forums, and that's like us parsing culture through that. And so it's like it's. I, I like to always think they remember that everyone lives 24-hour lives like everybody else, you know? There's a lot of stuff Speaking you can do during of that. history, there's one great way to go down in history. To never sell your goddamn company or studio. See, when you think about it, I, I think I, I mentioned almost this earlier with... Um, the, the developers who made um, Heroes of Might and Magic 3, if they didn't declare bankruptcy, they could have become rich and they would make much more better games, but now they, they solved it to Activision or Ubisoft and now the game is garbage and it will not be remembered well. You know, unless they know about Heroes of Might and Magic 3. How, and probably wouldn't have been Microsoft. made if they hadn't so Microsoft was great. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure they yeah. sold it after it was made. But, yeah, but if they're bankrupt, then yeah. their choices like, were probably quite limited. Everything goes wrong when you sell something. Like, you know, like the, the good companies and big things we have today are good because they kept their original virtues, like Epic Games. The guy who, who made Epic Games in his garage is still running the company. You know, and it's amazing. It's very beautiful. 
Mark Zuckerberg is a similar deal, but Mark Zuckerberg is a, a psycho, so he's, he's not doing well anyways. But yeah, like good, good people who started good things and did not sell their company for money are still doing great things. And if, if you keep it, you'll be remembered as that guy who was like the inventor of this great thing and it was so great and it's still great, you know? Yeah. Oh no! But, I but still, if a company's gone bankrupt, then they're bankrupt, and there's not probably not a lot they can do about well, it. Well, if it goes bankrupt, at least it'll go bankrupt being good. Like the studio who made Heroes of Might and Magic Three. <laughs> Speaking of video games, let's just say I'm going to stop refreshing this, and we're going to count this as the final question. Also from question also in my mini Gemini. How much of the content should the game have to review it? And what is your usual or preferable format for doing it for indies? Thank you. What What does that mean? I'm sorry. Can, I like... can you repeat? No. I'm confused right now. I'm assuming like how finished it should be to review it. I'd like to see as much of as possible. Not yeah. that I want to sort of put spoilers in the review, but I want to get as rounded a picture right. of the game as I... I can. Um, It doesn't have to be complete, but it needs to at least give an indication of different stages of the game and like an overall picture. Right. Like from my perspective, because I guess I also review things, I just assume that it needs to be done. A lot of times if people give me like demos, I'm like, "Mm, no, I would opt instead for something that's finished, you know? Yeah. I mean, my, as my a, latest as a review developer, was... I have experienced this issue very firsthand because I I always release my games publicly to test way too early, and then I feel bad because nobody likes it because it's right. shit. <laughs> but but yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like I I mean. I, I can't really avoid that because I need as much playtesting as possible to improve it. And I'm not some big indie studio that can just hire playtesters. I, I just have to hope that people are going to try out my game and tell me what's wrong with it. So that, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's sad. Could like, you open it up but in a more limited way so it's not just anyone who wants to yeah, download it? I, I, I guess so. Like, like um, I, I recently, You've got a Discord um, server. Get some volunteers from there. They all seem really keen yeah, but, on your game. But, but still, like, well, some, I must say, people really, really love the concept and the idea. But th- they will clearly tell you that the game's not really there, you know? But, like, they understand the vision, which is good. That means they'll want more of it and they'll want to see it completed. Because, like, it has some good parts in it as, as of now, but... Uh, we're we're improving it. I, I got some nice people working on it. Got the nice developers. Um, actually, my mini genuinely is uh, our C- sound designer makes the VFX. I mean, sorry, CFX, the sound special effects. And they're pretty good. They work well with the game, but of course, there's we still got a lot of things to do with the whole game. But yeah, like. Just like, as a developer, you gotta be really patient to not release your game at all if you can, unless it's actually complete or yeah. almost complete. Because once you do, people are gonna tell you that 
it's, it's not that good, you know? Because, like, as a developer, you, you don't really know. Because, like, it's, it's, it's the same thing with art. If you're, like, trying to sculpt a face for 10 hours, you'll think that face is beautiful because you've been looking at it for 10 hours and your brain got used to it. So, like, you, you need a fresh mind to tell you what's up. <laughs> My technique right, is to love it after the 10 hours and then give myself five minutes away and come back to it and go, oh, I hate this thing so much. I see all the imperfections again. <laughs> no, I do the same with my writing. So I'll always take a bit of a break before checking it a second time to be like, what the hell was I on about? I was really right. that. It seems to be a good idea with every creation medium. Yeah, I kind of, my, my technique would be to. I would release it and then do something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the beauty of art is that there is too much of her for any one person ever experienced. So like also yeah. no art is essential, you know? So Yeah. <laughs> you made something bad, you go, ah, well I made something bad. I've I've spent my time in worse ways. In terms of like lengths for sort of game demos and stuff, I think it really depends on the type of game. Yeah. I recently reviewed a bundle yeah, of seven genres. games and I had so previews. Very important. Like I've 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 recently um I'm I'm gonna review this this game because the developers oh. let me play it. Um it's called Calico, it's like you run a little cat cafe, it's really nice. And like yes. I, I've been playing it be for like a few hours before the stream and like at first the game is like, Oh my god, this is so awesome. But after a few hours, you like see that it's it's kind of really unfinished, you know. Like there's there's nothing there's there's nothing more when you feel like there's supposed to be more. And um, I'll have to discuss if it's like a really early demo or like if it's almost close to release. But yeah, like just some things feel unfinished, and when something feels really unfinished, you you can't really make a really good review about it. You can only like say where could they improve, you know. But this um, bundle of seven games, yes. there were some demos that were like a couple of hours long and other ones that were five minutes. Right. And like Five minutes is like nothing. But that it depends on the intended length of the game friends. and what they're trying to do. Like I've got nothing against a game that only takes five minutes in yeah. total if no. it does it well. As someone who it's regularly it's features in the Apocalypse games that are about five minutes in total, if not less, you mm -hmm. know? And I, I like, like some of the five-minute like games. games. Did like demos did a much better job of illustrating the overall sort of tone of the game and feel of it than some of the longer ones. Right. That you get a much clearer picture of what the the goal is and what the game's about. Because they've they've produced the demo in a way that that does that rather than just giving me a segment of but, a game. But as this is like a very interesting thing with demos because like. There's several ways to give people the demo and like get people to know about your game. You know, one thing is like publish it through Steam, have some social marketing, and the other way, which seems to be really great and fun, and I'd like to try it out if not the fucking pandemic. I'm sorry for swearing, <laughs> which is to like put your games in comic cons and like have a yeah. little stand, be like, hey, you can play this and that, and it's it's, it's fun for everybody, but like. If you're gonna publish it on Steam, you can have a longer demo because people are gonna be at their computers and nothing's gonna bother them. But at Comic Cons, like I've been several times, I love Comic Cons, and 
it's like it's it's masses rivers seas of people all lined up to play one game so the shorter they can play your demo the better for comic cons because yeah. more and more people can you know switch and play it so yeah it's a, for if like if you're if you're doing more of a story based game then advertising it at a comic con is not really that great because like it will probably take 20 minutes for one player to 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 get into it and other players can only watch you know and what if it but, has gameplay people want to play it they want the controller yeah but you get those really those the, those 10 people you get sometimes you get they get very invested and that's really all you need yeah you just, just need to grab their attention and this year here have a steam key discount yay <laughs> that, that's yeah. it comic cons are amazing places i recommend everybody go there just just you're probably gonna have to wear masks my I did a few. Comic-Con has been not a thing for two years now and I'm losing my Vegemite. <laughs> I did a couple of like game shows and conventions when I was helping market a game called Mandigan. Like a little oh, Tibetan themed platformer thing with some sort of little bit of story but it's quite open to interpretation but it was very much a like it's aesthetic aesthetic thing. games are also great for comic cons like so, so sometimes you don't even need to play the game like sometimes you'll just have pe people just see like wow this game looks really pretty let me talk to the developers that are standing right there advertising <laughs> their game oh my god i like i i i so want to get my seal game like nice and polished for like the big masses and then just just go to my favorite comic con and be like hey guys give me a stand maybe you'll give me a discount because i i i like I, i've been to their first ever comic con and like i still will go there every year it's like a tradition well this year it's canceled of course but yeah right right every but, uh, baltic yeah. lithuania it's very fun it's great same so comic con awesome. is this like a game convention or a mixed thing or comics and uh, well the, the one i'm going is just about general pop culture like you have everything there you have like podcasts teaching classes comic sellers um, board games movies actors cosplayers yeah. when you say comic-con i was thinking game, of the actual game developers there's <laughs> yeah. like everything there like everything you could imagine there's yeah. even my little pony there if you yeah want. i feel like most like comic conventions or like i guess a lot of like entertainment conventions kind of have like a focus like this one's a comic convention this one's an anime convention but then like really they're just like all pop whatever pop culture they can cram in there you know we have a third it's, string it's actor really from supernatural <laughs> come shake hands with them at the autograph table <laughs> All the ones I went to were like quite rigidly game themed, but then like one of them had the Welsh game Baftas presented, and that was like a dude from Torchwood just randomly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Comic Con, I go to like. I wasn't disappointed. Several but... actors. 
this year they're gonna have like the, the the kid from Breaking Bad and some voice actors from Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, that's. <laughs> which I don't really know anything about. I mean, I watched Breaking Bad, but like I, I don't care. Like I just don't care for famous people. Like you know, they just they just do their job and I'll do mine. Yeah, I don't get people who want autographs. That's yeah. That's also, they cost money. Well, it depends. There's literally, lines you have to pay them. What the hell? If I if I could get a job where I could go to a table and sign autographs, sign me up for that. Like fame for the sake of fame, but absolutely, if somebody's famous because they've done, they're good at something. Like fair play. Yeah. Even if it's just like I played a someone's favorite character in a TV show five, ten years ago. I see. Ride that <laughs> yeah, money like, train as far as it'll take you. Like, Breaking Bad is so old. This is insane. That old? Like, the the actor looks nothing like his character in that show. Like, I, I couldn't even recognize who he was. It's insane. I feel the need to check this now. It's not that old, is it? <laughs> <laughs> But it, I'm pretty sure it was like from 2012. I was gonna, depending on who it is, he could have been like in a very pivotal age where like I just saw online the um, you know the looking the guy looking at girl meme and he looked the guy looks like a dad now. <laughs> he oh, has no. like I'm pretty sure he has like salt and pepper oh, hair, and it's like time comes for us all, I guess. It might have been a, an old stock picture. By the time we started using it as a meme already, he yeah. was already older than that. I, I think like the I post is was like 10 years later. Yeah, it started in 2008. So. Wait, Breaking Bad started in 2008? Yeah, final episode That's 2013. That's more than 10 years ago. <laughs> that actor's probably a dad now. Oh, you probably, you might have been during the show, actually. Yeah. You never, you never I mean, what, what kid are we referring no, to, no, actually? Was, is that Jesse um, or is the, that the... the actor that I'm talking about, he's, he's, he, he's like the disabled kid from Breaking Bad, you know? Oh, okay, okay. So, no, maybe, maybe not during the show. <laughs> no. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, he could have been, like, one of those 30-year-old teenagers. Yeah. That are so, yeah. so famous. Or, like... I'm always surprised when I watch old movies and there's like they it, movies just used to be old men all the time, and it's so like yeah. just nothing. Just seas of old men, as far as the eye can see. Old white men. Old, also, uh, yeah. Well, the yes. Only one. <laughs> of am course. I the only one who enjoys movies from like 1930s to 1960s. I. I think that's the golden era of movie making. Oh, I can't. And I can't watch. You cannot those. change my mind. <laughs> no, you just gotta find the good ones. Like I actually, ha half of them are are pretty shit. I admit, they are bad. But if you find really good ones, you're gonna be disappointed yeah. in modern civilization. Like um, even... I can give some great suggestions. Singing in the even rain. the ones that are hello darling. Yeah, but you know. I think the way movies are made now, they kind of spoil the older ones for me. Like and now, I just yeah. I just can't watch anything that was made before the sixties. I'm just well, well, actually, I'm just not wired that way anymore. Right. Movies and movies I don't. From that era are 
completely, completely different. Because the way people yeah, were consuming entertainment is completely different. Like back in the day, people were like going talk show theaters and broadcasts and watching plays. So movies were. were, were but I guess it's the same as like going back to like a old Atari game or something would feel really jarring because right. we're just used to something yeah. so much different now. Yeah, like it's... where's where's all the polish? Yeah. Where's all yeah. the animation? I, like, I, I love a whole bunch of old movies. So I just feel like I need to watch them like and take them with a pinch of salt. Right. Because oh, like... Rachel, have you ever seen Hello Dolly? It is the best goddamn movie I've ever seen. It I have cry not. Twenty times. I kid you not. No, as for very as several different reasons. As as a as a true American, I only go back and I watch old foreign films to aid to my pretension, you know. <laughs> Wait, Americans watch foreign films? Oh, I mean, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I was I was just going to like I'm like. So it makes you seem. That's why you seem pretentious to your peers. Right, right, because I. I was I, I was I actually like I was looking to see like oh what was European I like I, did I just I watch really a movie from the sixties like I did American movies I had just well, had watched Pierrot Lafoe by well I, to be fair I do not only watch Godard and Truffaut when I watch French cinema I've seen other movies as well I have yeah, seen yeah, Fantastic know, you know, Planet pretty good. I don't yeah I can't, I can't watch those I tried you know like in 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 film school right you have to watch them. But I, right. I just, I never, I never enjoyed them. I just, I don't understand. Yeah. Say something a... controversial. Citizen Kane is boring. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I yeah. I... Movies are very boring. Like, there is so like. They're so slow and there's so many close-ups. How about you give me a nice big scene, you know? I love those big That's expensive. shots where the cameras yeah. are away from <laughs> right. the characters. Like, like I'm I don't want to see the cameras, actors' pores. No, it's not. You just move the cameraman backwards. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, but everything okay. was filmed in studios, so you had to have a bigger set, and yeah. that's more expensive. <laughs> yeah, or yes, you you I definitely see. I have definitely seen like a lot of like. There's a lot of like. Here's a lot of studio shots, and you can. For better or worse, sometimes tell that it's in a studio. Yeah. And like, here's a painted background, and sometimes it's a very gorgeous painted background. They could quite easily have just gone outside for, like, wouldn't have had to travel. It's just, what is a city backdrop? Yeah. yeah. Let's just paint that. We'll just make one of those. Yeah, back in the but day, I, everything was done in a stage. But I like, remember seeing, yeah. Oh. oh, God, what's what's the okay? Someone help me. What's the name of that super long Japanese horror anthology series? I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I don't watch horror. Um, or it's like horror adjacent. It's like five films all together. Um, I forget the name off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Kaiden. Kaiden. But anyway, there's a scene in that where it's like it's like a naval battle that's clearly on a soundstage, but it's like it's shot in such a way that it's like it could know. be. If it feels like it could be in like a tiny like tub of water. But it feels massive because it's all just like tricks of the camera and of the close-ups to like fake that they're in a massive space. Yeah, I think that's it was pretty cool. very cool and well done. But like, 
yeah, my my opinion on art, on cinema, on all games and everything is um, everything was equally good and everything was equally bad. Artistic and opinions quite important. I feel like we we don't criticize creations enough, and that's why we get such garbage creations these days. Like, this might be an unpopular opinion, but. I think the sequel to Blade Runner was absolutely garbage and I had to watch it like sped up because it was so slow, jarring and boring. Like the movie was so much better when I sped it up. I I kid you not. Why did they elongate it so much? Why? It would have been great if they didn't do that. It would have been a great movie. That's, I mean, it's just a matter of style, really. I mean, I could I could give you plenty well, of... Well, they use the style completely yeah. horribly because, see, you need contrast. And all they had is, like, long, slow shots. And, like, even the action was slow. You're preaching to someone who is a big fan of Jean Dielman, which is three and a... Like, almost four hours of slow, nothing happening. Oh, and boy, I would not be able just... to watch that. It's a, it's a beautiful. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's just like opinion. Everyone likes different stuff, so. Yeah, I am a big. It is that like... makes things interesting. Well, I always try my best to critique things subjectively using the laws of art. Oh, well, law, art has no laws. Art is whatever you want it to Turn be. I can. Unspoken. I. Do crimes. Do art crimes. Precisely. If you see <laughs> an art law, break it. An art crime. Only oh, it's not following the art laws. Precisely, if, if, if you see <laughs> something, any rules on art are just imposed by those sort of like pretentious gatekeeping. Your art has to be this; it has to be realism. Or it's just a like gatekeeping device. So it used exactly to, be, it like used that. to be reserved for the like richer, you know, more affluent classes and whatever. I think it's just. You know, to try I mean, and keep it sort of elitist. The I'm talking about is like how to make things quality. Like, you but know, that's you so subjective. Composition, good lighting, rhythm. Well, not really. It can be broken down. It, it can but be broken down. Sort of what is traditionally and if you use considered those principles, good it's going to be good. Like, there's a reason that there are 12 principles of animation, and they're but... all very helpful to try and use and follow. But. This doesn't mean that you should only follow the rules, but you should know them so you can properly break them and make something unique. Yeah, fair enough. But also sometimes when you don't know, and you can just find find things. Yeah, I think there's. So that's fun. Yeah. Right. I think there's like think a, there's a real beauty in like true Learning. amateur outsider art. Mm, yeah. There's something nice about amateurs, but I'm I'm like at a point where I see amateur art, I get kind of offended. <laughs> and I like it's it's not their fault; they're just beginners. But it's just like there's something in me that doesn't like low quality things in life. I'm oh, just I, I'm just a very critical person. I sometimes get excited because it's like it feels dangerous. Potential. Yes, it feels it feels like it feels like oh this person is like not playing by any rules and like they're not pretending to be like you know sometimes the enthusiasm is a bit more apparent right yeah 
Yeah, I'd, I'd rather... Uh, the, the passion beginners always have. Like, no matter how much you love art, you're you're gonna fade out your passion eventually. Like, I'm not as passionate about creating as I used to be. I still absolutely love it. And I'm very glad it's my job. But, like, you know, it's just like... I, I done it so much times, I'm getting a bit bored of it. That, that's why I'm, like, getting into game dev and music making and stuff. You know, learning new things, buying a microscope... Right. That I broke a month later and fixed it. It work. It works perfectly, but I'm afraid to touch it right now. Cause what if I break it even more? It's a delicate device. Yeah. So back to the subject. Right. Art is subjective. Right. Yes, there are there are like you know principles of art that have been like defined that are like good like. The thing, what's the thing, what's the, um, Julia would probably much better than I would. The, the, what's the word for like when you don't, is like the 180 shots and you don't cut? Um, I think it's just the, the 180 rule. Yes. Okay. That's, yes. I was over, I was trying. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That is important. It, it, it prevents confusion unless you intentionally, but like, it's, like, like rules will. But that's also the benefit of like if you want to intentionally create doing? confusion, you know, yeah. to break things. Hey, it's yeah, a good like, it's like, a good but, thing to but, break but it. There but are then, even like rules when you can break them. Yeah, but I've also like read some comics from amateurs that just they don't know about this rule, and it's not confusing because yeah. they kind of compensate in another way. Like I'm sure, I'm sure, like even. Even even when they know about it, like I'm sure Sailor Moon has so many 180 rule uh, breaks, and not not as an intentional confusing thing. Just like I think pro probably Naoko Takuchi was just like I just I just don't feel like drawing the <laughs> yeah. other side of this three quarter cute girl's face. I'm just gonna draw her this way, right. and it just works because in the flow, it's it's fine. So yeah, it's a rule, but it's it's also you. It's what you make of it. Yeah. To be honest, I absolutely love the style of Japanese cinematography. Like, I don't know why, but like anime and Japanese movies and just the things that come out from Japan that are visual just have like such unique compositions that look like so oddly good and immersive. You know, like, like everything's like so immersive and real. Like it doesn't feel fake. And like... I'm not really sure how they do it. I guess they just like try to make the shots as natural as possible. I think that's, that's also a different set of rules. Yeah. Make it work by like slightly adjusting it. And it's just Japan's good at cameraman. <laughs> that's what I can say. <laughs> Have you seen um like like anything by Seijun Suzuki? Like uh what's it called? Like Tokyo I'm Drifter. Not sure. Does he make anime? Tokyo no, Drifter? no. He makes like old, like kind of surreal impressions. Kind of like. Well, I I haven't seen much movies. Oh in yeah. Japan, actually, I've yeah. seen like two or three. Yeah, Tokyo but Drifter is very good. good. Same with, I'm gonna forget the name of it. The one where he likes he sniffs rice cookers and he's a hitman. That I forget the name of. That's interesting. Oh yeah, I remember the other month I was I watched this 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 
odd Japanese movie. It's it's very odd, but it's very interesting, and it's about food. Like that that's the subject. Oh, is it was it Tampopo? What? Tampopo? No, I guess not then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tempopo, um, it's, it's about the ramen shop. Said my internet died. Yeah, it was about a ramen shop. Okay, so it probably and, like, was Tempopo. There's these two, two dudes that were in a truck. Yes, okay, that is Tempopo. They they went to the yeah like that one like it's so odd. It gets so weird, but it's 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 so funny in a way. Like it has really fun comedy. And, yeah, I, but I like... it's also so interesting and motivating, and it's. Just like it has everything, you know, it has action, it has comedy, it has love story, whatever you want, it's in there. Highly recommend it, though it does get a bit weird sometimes. Like, no, uh, Tempopo is a good. It's Tempopo is a good movie. Yeah, the movie I was thinking of was really Brandy weird. to Kill. <laughs> um, another movie I've seen is actually quite modern. I think it came out a few years ago. It's called Not Dead Yet. And it's about this this girl, this rocker girl, that has a dad that is like 100% scientist, and he works for like a medical company, like pharmaceuticals. And one of their scientists invents basically like this pill that kills you for like a week, and then you revive. <laughs> And it's just like this interesting drama and everything, and it's like it's such a wholesome movie. It's it's very beautiful and it's also very fun. I highly recommend it. I'm not sure if I remember the title. I'm sure people would find it using that. Um, we are at two forty-five. We are creeping up on our three-hour mark, so I'm going to say. We're going to wrap up this episode. And unless anyone has any important things to get in last minute. Yes, I remember the name of the movie. Okay. It's called Not Quite Dead Yet. Okay. That's the exact English name, I believe. Okay, perfect. That's it. Any other pressing pressing (laughs) matters? Jeff Cake's all right. They are. I ate a full. <laughs> I, I will admit, my is. first experience was I ate the full sleeve. <laughs> That's the only way to eat Jaffa cakes. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> agree. It was a bit much <laughs> all at once. Well, you can put two on a plate and take them like, to another room or something. It was in a car. <laughs> oh, you set yourself up to fail, then <laughs> you, you were always going to eat the whole sleeve. Yeah. Well, Okay, I will reconsider Jaffa Cakes. I will maybe get more. There was something called, I forget. There was another There's another cake thing. I forget what it was called. But You can get personalized packs with your name on. I'm good with, I don't know. That sounds like <laughs> very expensive for me to do. <laughs> it was a bit, but I, I bought some for a friend and they were appreciated. <laughs> I'm a Jaffa Cake fiend. Well, with the Jaffa case out of the way, and it oh, wait, I have another thing to say. Yes. I have a tw- 
Twitter. Oh yes, yes, that's what we're getting to right Discord now. Discord server. Okay, you will go first. Gloria I would plugs. Like some followers, please. <laughs> what are, what are those plugs now, Gloria? Yeah, the the plugs on my awesome Twitter where I post some cool renders and general work I do. And um, the other plug is my Discord server, which I believe you can find the link in on my Twitter bio. And what is so your Twitter name? Pizza. I mean, Andrew, if, if, if you could just post my Twitter link in the chat somewhere. I have my browser closed for Oh, internet okay. Yes, I'll do that. But for the people listening after the fact, what is, what is that Twitter handle? It is that Twitter handle. I think handle. it's at Gloria Animator. Yes, it is. I, my page is open. That is yeah. correct. The Twitter handle is at Gloria Animator. And Rachel, what have you got to oh, plug? Man, uh, Indie Hive, the website um, which has all the details for our Discord and Twitter server. If you want to keep up to date with our indie game reviews, talk about some of the games. It's a pretty Just... neat website. We make great reviews. Very wholesome <laughs> and very constructive. It's just indie-hive.com. But it'll come up in search results for IndieHive. Yeah, it seems like you've got good SEO with that one. Try. And Julie, what have you got to plug? Well, I have uh, itch.io. Io, how do you say that? I, I've always wondered. What's I've the always... correct way to say I think it's pronounced itch.io. <laughs> yeah. Itch.io? Okay, I have I it itch.io. But then on the other hand, that thing with the growing shapes is called a gario. Dot io, but that's kind of stupid. <laughs> so I guess yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's say an, an itch.io. Uh, okay. And it's uh, illogic, Y-L-L-O-G. G I Q U E. That's yes. a French. That's that's very French. Yes, now that's it. The, in the, the, chat. The, thing, the thing I refrained from saying aloud this entire time, yeah. <laughs> like as I break it into illogique, a clumsy French accent. Every... Yeah, I didn't think it through when I chose it as a as a screen name, and now it is my screen name forever. But and, you know what? Yeah. There's no it's need fine. for you. I, I, I like it. I changed yes. my screen name quite a few years ago, and sometimes I, I regret it being so arrogant. And the funny part is I don't even animate that much. <laughs> Yet I still call myself the animator. So it, it, it's kind of funny. But also, let's be fair, you it makes plenty of sense in French. You don't have to assume that the rest of the world... Yeah. <laughs> Like, I need to make sure my, my brand appeals to the Americans. Oh. Everyone yeah, that was not a concern of mine. Perfect. Not... Everyone has to ask how to pronounce hourly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, listen, I also have a bizarre last name that people have difficulty pronouncing. Being, being a, a white American of, like, in, of like Scotch descent, even, I have a strange last oh, name that God. people have difficulty pronouncing. So... As Some people think my my nickname is not my real name when it it is, and they're like asking me, "Wow, how do you make up that nickname?" I'm like, "That's my real goddamn name." <laughs> but as we close out, that's just just the itch, and you're good with that. Yeah, yeah. And you can use that name, I assume, to get to all your anything else you may yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Any any other social media like Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. Yeah. Whatever you name it, it's going to be the same name. Yeah, and just like fall that itch hole, and you know, you know how you find people stuff. Yeah. You just click on all their links, and they'll go to other links. <laughs> Sometimes, like, 
Oh, my itch page has my Twitter page, but my Twitter page has my Instagram. My Instagram has my Twitter and my Vimeo and my itch. You know, the internet. Yeah. And then there's an art station. Somewhere. Maybe a Patreon link. Yeah. Speaking of Patreon links. Everyone, I recommend you go to IndiePocalypse.com slash Patreon to sign up for the IndiePocalypse Patreon. Get issues delivered fresh to your doorstep every first Friday of every month when IndiePocalypse comes out. And you should buy IndiePocalypse. Might I recommend issues two and eight? Some of the people here might get paid if you buy those issues. Yes, please. Those like nice five dollar royalty checks great. that roll in every every once in a while. I think I like to think are nice. I reviews on Indie High put all the issues yeah. up to eleven. I think perfect. And we are up to fourteen right now. I am compiling issue fifteen, so I'm always very confused about which ones I'm working on because <laughs> I'm working on three of them at a time. Let me make art for your issues. I want to practice painting. Yes. No, I Andrew, I have very particular rules about things, and I am very cross-media. We may I'm, discuss this maybe yeah. one day. I am a particular kind of weird person about these sorts of things, but that's just I have bizarre principles, and I stick to them, and I like to be cross-media and expand the arts outside of games. And anyway, IndiePocalypse.com, IndiePocalypse.com slash submit to submit your game com slash radio to find your way here. If you got that Twitch Prime, just give me that so I can get $3 or whatever those <laughs> things are worth. Whatever pennies they sh- shill my way and give all the rest of your money. Uh, fucking Amazon or something. If you got it, you might as well. I'm not going to be spending it at Amazon. I'm just going to pay more artists. Um, to, uh, submit zine. I'm to figure out something with the zine. I got to figure out something with that. I've, trying to expand it in different ways and make it more meaningful. So maybe you can submit stuff, but maybe I won't look at it as I try to figure other stuff out. I think that's it. Um, I'm not going to open my hover this time and remember all my redirects. So I'm going to trust that I got them all. I mean, com slash podcast sounds like the one I would do to find the archive for this. But really, if you just go to podcast places and type in Indiepocalypse Radio, listen to all the old episodes of this, except you don't get the music, which I, or in this case, you don't get to see the animations because I cut them out for DMCA reasons. <laughs> and honest, obviously I, I animations. Music's a good thing in podcasts. Yeah, but I'm not paying. I mean, it's your choice. It's your podcast. Yeah, I don't own any of these things and they're small labels, but I, you never know what the algorithms will detect. (laughs) It's not that good though. But, but yeah, no, I mean, if it's, if you ever say this is good music, this show opened with a track by Exo Drifter, a contributor to Indiepocalypse. So yeah, I love just playing people's music and this being a cool radio show, but um, I'm leaving now. This show's ending. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Wait, where is it? There it is.